Oh, yeah. Hockey, if you score three goals, that's like soccer, right? You play for two hours and get two goals. <laughs> <laughs> that's why the guy goes crazy. Goal! It actually did something! Goal! <laughs> Welcome to the RC Roundtable Podcast, where we discuss the latest RC hobby news, events, model reviews, and a whole lot more. Greetings, Earth creatures from the third planet in the soul system. Welcome to the RC Roundtable. And today, we have Terry Dunn. Hello. And also today, we have Lee Ray. Top of the morning to ya. I and also at this instance in time, I am Fitzwalker. Who are you at other moments? <laughs> oh, uh, Nog, Gronk, <laughs> whoever the voices tell you to be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> whoever the voices. Shut up! I'm listening. <laughs> <laughs> well, everybody, welcome, guys. How's been your week? Yes, I'm an English major. Don't you know better than to ask us those questions? <laughs> We've been over this. Uh, yeah, I know. Got to ask anyways. This hasn't been a favorite week, so it, no. it is subpar week for me. No. Hey, at least it's been, what, one or two degrees cooler than last week, right? <laughs> really? <laughs> my, car, my car said 100 degrees. <laughs> you see, you get, the, you get those uh, feels like or heat indexes. It's been like Ooh. a like a, you know, heat index of 120, 118, or whatever. Yeah. Well, I'm going to I'm going to jump to this cuz you mentioned heat and uh, I thought I'd kind of do a reality check. My youngest and I took supplies from the local scout uh, committee here in Houston and drove to Louisiana. So, as far as us complaining about the temperatures fits, you know, the past, you know, few podcasts and stuff mm. like that, we uh, we hit a disaster area in Lake Charles. I mean, trees were gone, no electricity, no water. Luckily, most of the roads were cleared out. We took supplies to a fire station that luckily had power because they had a generator. But, you know, it, it seems like complaining is not a big deal anymore when you have to go see what those people are dealing with. So, yeah. Know. Keep it on perspective. Praying for those people in Lake Charles. Well, actually, between Beaumont and Lake Charles because uh, it was, I mean, trees just snapped in half. And, and kudos, I mean, to those who are actually working the lines, trying to get the trees removed and the power back on. In fact, the fire station uh, where we were at said most of the supplies they're donating are to those crews who are coming from out of town, have nowhere to stay, and they're the ones, yeah. you know, doing a lot of the work. So, and I, go ahead. Well, I saw a picture or a series of pictures people had taken on the highway going in from texas to louisiana and they said it was like a, a caravan of they, they said they lost count of like a hundred different emergency vehicles all oh yeah in line yeah there are tons of them and there were several that had taken over a lot of the rest stops and those were their little holding areas and the fire station we were at said that a huge uh, setup was being done at one of their convention centers so that was taken over so again great job by those trying to bring somewhat uh life back to lake charles and you know they they desperately need stuff and i know we've had a couple of club f photos that are out there in that area had posted photos of their fields destroyed but you know do what you can donate if you can try to get those people back up and running because gosh you can't imagine if we had that kind of heat there <laughs> oh yeah oh my goodness those poor people do you have any suggestions of where you can donate for our you know maybe from our listeners that are in louisiana 
You know, I don't, I will just say I've been so wrapped up with our scout troop and, you know, trying to get trailers and stuff delivered. And, you know, I had my truck and a trailer and it was full. I mean, thank, thank all the people that were donating stuff. You know, that was great. Um, I don't, but I would just stay on Facebook and, you know, do some searches on Lake Charles and, you know, ask, uh, you know, watch the news, I guess. I'm sorry I don't have that answer, but I know that our I was very, very proud of our several troops from Houston, you know, got together and had a caravan of their own to deliver stuff. Oh, fantastic. Well, best of luck to those of you out there in uh, in, in disaster zone in Louisiana. Best wishes, and uh, I know it's going to be rough, but um, we're all we're looking out for you. Yep. All right, well... <laughs> News. Uh, <laughs> speaking news. of news, that's hard news. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, start such a yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of news, uh, a couple of new things this week in the hobby industry. Uh, I guess first off is um, old school model works, right? Uh, yes. I get Terry. Can you tell us what's going on? Do you have any insight? You, you kind of surprise us with a couple of things with them. Oh, did I? Yeah. Oh, I just forwarded the press release that I received, but I think it's safe to say that they're they've got a new airplane, and there's video out there. And oh, what's the name of it? It's kind of a smash up because it's a generic World War One fighter. It's a biplane. The what Bristol Spadport. They call it <laughs> Bristol Spadport. Yeah. So uh, a Bristol and a Spad are two different planes. And a Newport. I guess it's, and a Newport. So I guess they mashed up. Sort of these three different World War One ish kind of planes to make. I, I think more than that because I see some traces of Su five A there too. Yeah, um, I'm not quite sure what to make of that. Is this so a whimsical? Think you well, yeah, you stuck a bunch of Allied World War One airplanes in a blender. Yeah, this is what comes out. And before we get into the details, okay. I, I think the suggestion is that if this is all Allied planes, is there going to be a, an Axis mishmash too? Well, I thought I saw a picture of one that looked like a D7, a Fokker D7-ish looking thing. Oh, I don't know. Well, this has kind of a D7-ish uh, fuselage. Hmm. I don't know, but uh, I would I not be surprised if that's next. There was a picture of one I thought that had uh, was white and red. I can't find it now, of course. No, but- not on old school model works, though. This is the only biplane that they've, they've had. It was in the link you sent. Which, you know, of course I can't find. <laughs> so, well, let's um, talk about this plane. Then. While you're searching. Yeah. So yeah. it's a 46 and a half inch wingspan. Like I said, it's a biplane. It's not of any particular scale model, but it's a sports scale kind of thing. And it's, what do you say, three and a half to four pounds, 34 inches long, 20 to 30 glow engine with a six ounce tank and uh, whatever the electric equivalent of that would be. What is that? I would guess like the three or 400 watts ought to do it. So yeah. like their other models, this is a laser cut balsa and plywood kit. And it looks really good with those uh, Dubro vintage wheels. And this, the example that I see here is the olive drab British scheme, the RAF scheme. Yeah. Or was it called the RAF or the Royal Flying Corps back Royal then? Royal Flying Corps, yeah. Yeah, yep. yeah. And these were scouts instead of fighter planes. Right. And, okay. Uh, there's a video. And the video is of an, uh, an electric version, but it looks pretty good. And it's a uh, four channel. Okay. So I found it. It's in the what? email you sent. Scroll down. And there it is. It's plain as day. I see a red and white with iron crosses. 
Oh. And it says, there are two Sunday fighters, a British version above and a German version. Oh, so I guess I wasn't being as forward thinking as I thought. Yeah. It's, Did I get looks, that email? Because I don't see that. <laughs> it looks it looks a lot like uh, D7, although the bottom wing is not quite right. But it's very D7-ish, oh. which was the late war, late World War One, German. Yeah. Uh, so I guess maybe it's the same kit that you can modify, maybe? Um, well, right now on the website, I only see the Bristol Spad port. So maybe I think the other one's going to fall. Oh, okay. Up. Yeah, they're saying something about it's not ready yet. It's not available for pre-order, but it's still a work to do, but it won't be too long is what they're saying. Yeah. The German version. And it's interesting. That's, that's neat. If I guess if you want something, uh, you know, without quite as intricate, it's a typical World War One, but World War One-ish. Yeah, no flying flies. wires and all that. You just have yeah, uh, one yeah. set of end struts. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Imagine it flies, flies really good, I imagine. Yeah, I mean, between, well, Lee hasn't built his yet, but I was going to say between the three of us, we all have at least one example. Yeah. And, uh, no complaints. They're, they're fun to build and the ones we have fly well. I think he needs to package them, the ally and the axis, and, and then just, depending on your mood. <laughs> <laughs> well, wasn't there, didn't, um, was it Midwest? Used to have a series of World War II fighter planes that are all, basically all the same. World War Two or One? World War Two. Oh. World War Two. I think they had a, a Messerschmitt and a Zero, and maybe a P fifty one, and they were all you know squint your eye, stand way back versions of. Hmm. But they're basically the same kit, just slightly, just slightly changed wings and tail and that kind of stuff. Yeah, well, uh, I think our buddy Sparky did a thing like that with some biplanes. That he had some generic biplanes that you could either put you know roundels or crosses on. Yeah. And maybe change the shape of the tail feathers. And yeah, the point is just to have something easy and fun. Yeah. So anyway, it looks like uh, these are available. Let me double check that before I say that. Uh, now accepting pre-orders, they will ship by the end of September. So the kit is one sixty-five ninety-five, and uh, looks pretty good. Just need to put a pilot in the cockpit. <laughs> Perfect. And the the video with the uh, completed example does have a pilot. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's neat. Yeah, it looks like they, uh, so you don't have to, since it's not exact scale, you can play around with the moments and stuff and get, make it easy to balance and uh, some of the ratios right to make a nice flying plane. So, I think neat. I would dress mine up to be like an, a flying circus. <laughs> well, yeah, that's the great thing about these World War One models. There's so many different cool color schemes to choose yeah. from. You could pretty much make one up and then also come up with a, a fake story. And well, put a wing walker on it. Sparky did that, too. Remember oh, yeah? He had the Jenny I model. Saw that. Yeah, he had the Jenny model that he did like Great Waldo Pepper. Huh. I don't and then remember that. He, he had a fake Susan Sarandon out on the wing. <laughs> but his Susan Sarandon didn't fall off. Yeah, pictures of it somewhere where oh, he brought it will. to best. Mine's going uh, down. Don't remember that. Maybe I missed that year at best. Oh, yeah, it's incredible. Huh, neat. All right. Well, check them out. We'll provide links, and you can check it out for yourself. Yeah. Oldschoolmodelworks.com. Ding. Tell them Fitz sent you. Hmm? I think I took the last one. Hopefully that's a good thing. Yeah, I think so. All right. All right. 
Up next is something that was also quite a surprise. And Fitz texted us immediately. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, guys, I could hear you screaming all the way here in Cyprus. (laughs) (laughs) He called us from the blood bank. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, each kidney is redundant, right? Or something like that. This is a good story, folks. (laughs) Okay, so. Well, I think the last show we talked about Motion RC came up with a their free wing line of the MIG twenty nine, right? Yep, that's it. Uh, and so, hey, that's that's neat, nice big twin. That was pretty surprising. And apparently, they just decided to pull the hat trick. And then a week later, they announced something that really caught my attention. Also from Free Wing, an eighty millimeter EDF in the form of the Saab JS thirty nine Gripen. Is it Gripen or Gripen? I would guess Gripen, but I don't know. I'm not Swedish. Yeah, yeah is it Gripen? I'm going with Gripen. Okay. Oh, Gripen. Well, I ain't Gripen because, man, that just... <laughs> <laughs> that triggered all kinds of warm, fuzzy feelings when I saw this sucker. Oh, uh, gosh. Can I, I sigh first? <laughs> <laughs> I know, I'm weird. Uh, I but, like. But hold on, we got to back up a little bit. You said it's a hat trick. You're from Connecticut. Do you know what a hat trick is? It's it's an amazingly good thing. It's surprising. I do. <laughs> it's, no, it's I don't know. Name, name, the, name the sport. Just have them do the sport, and we can go from there. Oh, uh, don't don't ask me about sports. Three, Three goals sports. in the same game. So I think any Hockey. reference, any non sport reference, Hockey. has to be something about three. Three goals. Yeah, that's three. In goals a particular in a sport. Game. Uh, hockey. Oh, oh. I said hockey. Y'all don't still listen. I didn't hear you. Sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's hockey, if you score three goals, that's like soccer, right? You play for two hours and get two goals. <laughs> <laughs> that's why the, the guy goes crazy. Goal! They actually did something! Goal! Anyways. Back, back to the jet. Yeah. <laughs> so this is the next in line, right? Because you, you're a big Vigan fan, right? Yeah, I'm a big, uh, odd-looking Jets, futuristic, canard, Delta Wing-ish Jets fan. Right, because this is the next. This cause this comes after the 37 Vigan, and now it's the 39 Gripen. Gripen, yeah. Yeah, I like the Vigan. I really like the Drakken, but I haven't seen one. There used to be one, uh, but it was kind of not quite right, um, if I remember correctly. Um, I'm trying to remember who made it. Uh, it came out, I think it came out of China or somewhere. The Drocket is really, really cool, but the intakes weren't done right and it really threw the model off. But I was so tempted to get one. But I, I won't complain about the uh, Gripen either because that's also a really nice looking plane. Uh, and then you mentioned the Vigan. People are probably looking, listening to this saying, what, what, huh, what? <laughs> <laughs> the Vigan is interesting, but I always thought it was kind of clumsy looking. If that makes any sense. Still a neat plane. Just it was number three out of the Saab brothers, in my opinion. I prefer the other two. Okay. You guys are but you quiet. seemed especially excited about this one. Okay. So yeah, this one had a couple of neat things about it I really liked. Um, you know, full-functioning canards. Uh, it looks like they may be mixed with ailerons as well. So, okay. So roll control. Yeah. Right. Um, a looks like they have a planned 
uh, thrust vectoring for it as well. Okay. It does? Uh, yeah, it's not right now, but they mention it later on. They're saying it's uh, something that's in the works oh, as, okay. a, as an optional add-on, which also got me really excited. It's a nice, good size. It's 80 millimeter, but it's pretty, it's fairly large for its size. Uh, <laughs> and that makes it, I know, I'm an English yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody reboot fits. <laughs> I'm going all off. You guys are distracting me. He's on the blue screen of death. I think yeah. you called him up right away and said, <laughs> take my money. <laughs> yeah, well, I kind of did. <gasps> you did? Yeah, I pre-ordered oh. it. Wow. I right, so is it in front of you yet? No, it's a pre-order, so oh, okay. it's not going to be into October. It says ETA late October, so it's going to be a little while. Okay. I thought I'd get in on the first batch. Uh, the paint scheme is okay. It's interesting. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's very detailed with lots of writing. I guess it's some sort of commemorative thing. Yeah, I think it's uh, 100 years of this of somebody's Air Force, either the Swedish or somebody else. Okay. Um, Does anybody else use the Gripen? That's a good question. I don't know. Um, yes, there are other countries that use it. Okay. Do you need to give you a list? But the answer is yes. Yeah. Okay. Now, I understand these planes are not really long-range planes, so it's probably other smaller countries. Then you just need point defense kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, well, I will say one one I guess unique feature that I've read about the full scale version is that it, it can turn tighter than an F sixteen. So they they seem to put that every time they talk about it. Oh yeah, well this turns tighter than F sixteen. That's, that's fighting words. That's their go to statement. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the color uh-huh. scheme that they're showing is checker force. Ah, uh, check. Okay. So there you well, go. That's interesting. The Czech would have that, not uh, Russian planes. Interesting. Huh. Ah, so I mean, I don't know what else I can say about it other than it's a it's a real sharp looking plane. I really always like the looks of it. I think I had a model of one at some point somewhere. It's been lost to time uh, for some reason, but uh, uh, I just saw that. And it's like uh, uh, can't can't resist. Must. <laughs> <laughs> Now, what are your thoughts on putting uh, stability on this sucker? Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. It might come in handy with the thrust vectoring. If you were going all in on that, I could see maybe that could help you do some really funky stuff. Uh, But generally speaking, I don't see the need for it. You can if you want to. People do like to do that. But personally, I, I never really, I could take it or leave it. Okay. Aren't you it the says, guy who had your airplane saved by stability? Yes. Okay, just checking. Like I said, I can take it or leave it. It's not a necessity, but right. you know, I'm not against it either. Fair and enough. Like, like I said, with thrust vectoring and high alpha post-stall maneuvering, it might, might come in quite handy, actually. Okay, well, you need to get a seven-channel receiver for it and a six-cell four to 6,000 LiPo. Yeah. Yep. I think Fitz has a few of those. <laughs> I have the batteries, and I don't have the receiver. It depends on the radio. Not a problem. Not a problem. So that's pretty neat. I don't think they've had any videos of it flying. Did they? Uh, I don't no. know if I did see that. I haven't I, seen any either. I watched the the announcement video on YouTube yeah. and liked you know them holding it and showing it off. The, I mean, I figured you'd talk about the, the gear doors and the... Uh, functional struts oh yeah well, i forgot about those it's got sequencing <laughs> gear doors right yeah i i don't know if it's sequ- 
I mean, it might be, but it, I mean, it looked very clean when they turned yeah. it over and flipped it up. So that was really nice. Yeah, and those canards really have some you know movement, man. <laughs> <laughs> What's probably neat I want to try to do is uh, a lot of these planes. I know the Eurofighter, maybe the Gripen does it. Is when they land the real ones, they can pop the canards at a high angle to as act as air brakes. Oh, cool! Like a severe down elevator. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that would be kind of neat to do. Yeah. Uh, and I understand uh, to make it easier to fit in a car, a good chunk of the nose is removable. Yeah, I don't know. I, I was gonna, I watched that. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> it's like if if that's the only thing you have to remove to make it fit in your car, it's a... <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I was hoping you'd say something like, you know, the P-51 wings, like the wings would snap, snap off or something like that. But, <laughs> yeah, but, but not no, always I, drive Suburbans. Well, I know, yeah. but I'm just sorry. When he just popped the nose off, I was like, that's it? <laughs> like, I don't know. That, well, that these didn't... are jets, just like the Starfighter, right? It's 10 feet long and two-foot wingspan. I understand, but it's like just that little piece did not do it for me. I didn't feel like that was something that had to be advertised as, look, the nose comes off. Says the guy who drives a car that can be seen from orbit. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, I'm just curious. Do you think you're going to take that nose off for your car You think every time? you think it's going to matter? Probably. I do it for my other projects. Actually. Will it stick in your ear when you're driving if you don't take it off? <laughs> you know my car, yes. <laughs> All right. Well, I just, okay. So, yes, I do drive a suburban, but I just, I don't know. I guess I was kind of hoping other parts would come off. But I will go back and say that again. The, the, I love the P 51 wings that come off on that uh, E flight sucker. That, oh, yeah. Really just the impressive. tips. That's, that is that nice. That's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> you showed it off well in the video. And it just kind of snap on, snap off. Yeah, it's amazing. All right. But anyway, so 409, fully loaded except for, well, receiver ready. Yeah. I don't know. I guess that's a pretty good price. I mean, from what I saw and all the the fancy doors and gears and servos and stuff, well, it's pretty cool. Yeah. And it has, a, it has a pilot. There you go. Yeah, there's a pilot. Happy Terry? <laughs> <laughs> totally. All right. But does he have a Swedish accent? Uh, he can if he wanted to. Hardenberg. <laughs> Took me a long time to realize he really wasn't saying anything. <laughs> I was a kid. I was like, I don't understand him. What is he saying? That's the whole point. <laughs> well, I'd have been more worried if you did understand. <laughs> All right. Okay. On that note, uh, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. Okay, uh, if you listen to our last show, you remember one of the things we talked about on the new product review was the new Hangar 9 pits that uh, came out. And uh, we uh, had kind of mused a bit about uh, the designation. Uh, and Does so muse mean make this, stuff up? Well, yeah, as usual, we made some stuff up. Mostly it was you, Terry, that kind of messed, made some stuff up, but. Yeah, I did. <laughs> so as we always try to be accurate when we can, we thought we'd revisit that. And also because, um, one of the designers, Gary Wright, also sent us an email saying, you guys, you done messed up. <laughs> we so said that. Ignorant sluts. <laughs> 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 we'll have to bleep that out. 
<laughs> he's we, doing we, his job correcting <laughs> us crazies from all our false information. Yeah, yeah, our old buddy Gary Wright, uh, who's we actually joked that he probably would be listening to the show, and indeed he was. Uh, and he he sent us a nice letter. Says, uh, "Hey, I uh, got some corrections for you. Number one, Terry, it is a two seat." <laughs> He says the uh, S2B is a two-seat version, hence the two in the designation. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> that makes too much sense. That can't be. Uh, so, so he, the he S1 is a single-seater. Yes, I guess the S1 is a single-seater. S2. S2 All yes. right. You got it now? Uh, yeah, I think we've cracked the code. <laughs> no enigma here. Uh, okay, so uh, so he, he made some uh, also additional editorial comments on that, some interesting stuff, uh, how they, um, uh, this model is actually a little bit bigger than the old Great Plane ones. He says Great Plane one was an S1 and a little bit smaller. Uh, so this one's a little bit bigger, but significantly improved or significantly enlarged in wing area. So you can uh, really fly it slow on landing and that kind of stuff without having anything uh, dramatic happen. Uh, he just says they went to measures to make it uh, really light as well. And he, he, he remarks that even though it's not a 3D model, it's actually capable of some 3D maneuvers. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, indeed. Uh, he also mentions we were talking about the engine and motor um, options for it. Uh, he mentions that in the product video, uh, one is flying with a DLC. E60 twin, and another one is flying on a 50cc rimfire electric on 12S. Uh, he does remark that the uh, the 12S setup is like 6,000 watts <laughs> peak, uh, and is That's way overpowered. All? <laughs> <laughs> he admits it's way overpowered. <laughs> he could heat his lunch while he's flying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> ludicrous power. Um, so he, he actually talks about how you may actually uh, go down on a prop size on it. Uh, uh, this is just too, way too much power. But he says DLE 61 also has really good power, even though it's a little bit smaller. I'm sorry, not 61. DLE 60. Uh, so it's just as good. Um, and it's just a, a good power setup. So uh, that was great that he reached out to us and to correct us on it. Um, I think uh, I covered pretty much everything he says. It's interesting he makes remarks that the reason why they went with the, the two-seater is that the real one has, is a little bit longer tail moment, and so that will transfer to a, a slightly better flying model as well. So sounds like they uh, really put some thought into this. Indeed. So more, there you go. More thought than we put into our story. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we should thought? just play it off like we're doing it on purpose. So what was that kid's yeah. magazine highlights that had the whole thing in the back? What's wrong with this picture? So yes. we're cleverly planting <laughs> Easter eggs all throughout the show. Yes. Just so Gary to... will email us. Yes. yes. <laughs> it's a test for Gary. It's all totally on purpose. So we don't get a Gary Graham. <laughs> no, we do want Gary Grahams. Yeah. Oh, if yeah. If got it right, he would have no reason to email us. That's true. If we get it wrong, we know where he's listening. Yeah. All right. Lee or Terry? Who wants to go first? I think it should be Lee because he posted a video on Facebook. And he should talk about it. <laughs> I post lots of videos on Facebook. Is this the, is this the one with the cat swimming? <laughs> no? Not that one? <laughs> no, not that one. <laughs> not that one. This uh, one involved gonna, water. 
<laughs> Again, cat swimming. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good point. Yeah. I so put a motor on the cat. Last time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so the 3D printed airboat is, is, as I say, success. Um, and I think the video shows my new hatch, which I need to show Fitz what I did. Oh, I think no. Fitz would be impressed with my 3D, uh, well, design. I had I designed a new hatch for the this printer, uh, from, oh. excuse me, for this boat. You designed your own. All right. It's clever. Well, I went with, the stock one is, I don't understand where the, where the guy was going with the stock one. It was just basically a cutout of the hole. And I guess you just have to put duct tape <laughs> or something. Uh, Did all the so, and just gave up with the hatch. Yeah. No, I, a lot of RC boats that I've had and seen are like that. They don't have any sort of latching, and they intentionally have it so that you tape it and seal it. Well, and it, it kind of reminded me when Fitz showed us his first boat, which was that hydrofoil. And uh, it was, like, covered in duct tape, right? When the hatch duct tape? Yeah, because, again, the designer sort of kind of... <laughs> forgot that part. He, he, kind, he had it, but it was really... It wasn't much better than the duct tape. <laughs> exactly. Well, that's... And I'll, I'll touch on it real quick. But it, I found another guy who, had a, who developed a different hatch that had a rim around it. So you glued down a new piece that, that had a lip, excuse me, and then you had a cover that went on it. But the problem is the motor is so low that the blades were going to hit it so he actually 3d printed a, a divot <laughs> into the lid for the blades well when i tried that i forgot that my motor was longer than like that they tell you so it wasn't working so i redid the hatch and pushed it forward so i had a little less room to put the battery in but it worked great but he didn't have a way to keep it down in fact i think his method was to put um like little holes on the side of the hatch to go over pins that you didn't, you know, use other latch pins. It was Wait. just it's like that's just so much work. Holes in a boat? Um, no, no, no. In the, the in the top piece, it had holes that would go over pins that he built. And long story short, I created a new hatch that clips on now. So it actually has little clips that go around the the cover that I added, and it snaps in place, and it worked huh. really well. So the video shows that the new hatch I made. And we had fun. I, my neighbor came out and he ran it around. And then you saw the video where Austin grabbed his Mavic Mini and followed it around. And, you know, for what it was meant to be, which was just entertaining, it's it passed. You know, it got its gold stamp. Um, it's nothing special. Um, it doesn't. It doesn't go very fast. And I'm sure I could change that, but I didn't really care. It has a. I don't know if it's the hole or um, if I haven't got the ballast right. But when she goes into a turn, she wants to spin out pretty quickly you can kind of correct it and keep it from doing that but if you're going pretty fast and you do start turning a turn she'll eventually spin out like pretty well, normal for airboats isn't it yeah yeah I, but not mine but i well see i had the old sterling puddle jumper and i'm wondering if any of our listeners this is good this is like play some vintage music for me a little violin or something <laughs> fits i had as a kid a wonderful sterling puddle jumper my dad had the mark ii which was the bigger version and i love that thing to death he ran that cox 049 throttle motor you've seen it fits that motor that i was going to put mm. on one of my planes so i had an 049 running that sucker i probably ran 50 gallons of <laughs> cox fuel for that thing uh and it was a great little airboat and i never had any issues with it um so i mean it never spun out like the other one the this one does did it ever I, get going that fast Oh, yeah, it, it scooted along pretty I was quick. going to ask the I, same question. With 049, it probably didn't go very fast, did it? No, I'm, no, I, gosh, you know what? If I dig deep into some old VHS tapes, I might find the video my dad had of, of me doing it at the uh, marina one time. But anyway, I had loads of fun with that thing. So printing this 3D 
printed airboat was kind of like a visit to the past. Uh, it's enjoyable. Again, it, it's it's entertaining. My neighbor enjoyed it. Austin had fun with it. Um, I'm debating whether I'm going to put any more effort to kind of smooth the bottom because the 3D lines are perpendicular to the <laughs> direction it's going. <laughs> so it's kind of it's got some ridges there. But uh, no, it was fun, and, and it's not. You know, if you have a 3D printer that can print that size, it's it's not too hard. And, you know, it is what it is. I'm, hmm. I'm glad I, I got it done. I mean, it's sitting in my workshop right now, but I think for the next flotilla of fun, whenever that is, I'm definitely bringing that out and have, you know, have fits on the sticks. Oh, yeah. That sounds like one you can pass the transmitter to just any old person. Oh, my gosh. It. it is not. Yeah, it is perfectly good for kids. Yeah. Just okay. don't don't put your face next to it when you throttle up. <laughs> there's no prop card that's pretty good advice in general <laughs> yeah but no it, it's it's one of those boats that yeah i'll just hand to the kid in fact you know that boat we got at the ama expo you know in california that that 20 oh, right. one that you know yeah. i was like that has i spent more time getting that thing tweaked and modified than it took me to 3d print this sucker and get it ready so it is what it is mm-hmm. but yeah I'm, I'm having fun with it well there are techniques you can use to stop it from skidding out you can add like a, a chine to the bottom or some sort of rail or a skeg, something. There, there are two, I, I forgive me, I don't know what they're called, but there are two rails that are printed into the design okay, right, right down the center. So, you know, it does it does go straight fine. It doesn't slap around. It's not, you know, it's not difficult to just get in one direction and stay there. But it's just when it starts to turn or lean, that's when it, it spins out. So, again, I'm not sure if it's a, a weight issue or – and I think there are a couple of other items on Thingiverse for this boat that people have printed. Uh, but here's the, the – the answer is I wouldn't do anything else to it. The only modification I would make is the hatch. Don't do the duct tape. That, <laughs> you, know, you know, obviously Fitz and I, and I were probably going to do. Uh, if you do this hatch, I'll be happy to share my STL files if you do it. And you just uh, put, a, put a message on our Facebook page or something. Uh, you know, it, it's kind of cool. But I think the issue will be what size printer do you have? Uh, with my big Delta printer, it's easy to print that height. And that's how you print it. It goes, it goes up pretty high. So I, I think it's big enough for an Ender 3. So, you know, if you have an interest, Terry, I, you know, I think it would print fine on yours. Okay. I may. I have an airboat, but. Okay. It'll be fun if you get a, many. get a bunch of them, race them around with some pylons. <laughs> or, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think that's a good idea because it's, uh, it would use gear, uses gear that everybody has on hand. Yeah. And just oh, yeah. one design race. Yeah. yeah it's more skills yeah. based in any, th- any type of top speed kind of thing. I mean, and if you see it up close, I mean, I just shoved the wires out of the back hole. I had to make the, the hole that, that comes stock for the wires to come out is way too small. So I had to open that sucker up and um, I just found a nine gram servo and shoved it in there and there, put hot glue around it so it wouldn't, you know, leak in there. I mean, I mean, it's okay. I mean, I'm, my, my, you know, I guess the, the answer is my neighbor got a hold of it. He had fun. He smiled. I'm done. You know, that's all that matters. <laughs> it's proven. <laughs> it, it reminded me of um, somebody gave me a, uh, a kayak. And I thought, oh, I need a kayak. I never had a kayak before. And I thought, well, okay, let's go out and We're test it out. not talking RC. No, no, it's a real one. Okay. For me to get into, for me to squeeze myself into. So <laughs> we went out to one of the, you know, one of the bayous here. And it would do the same thing as your airboat. If I paddled too fast, it would suddenly swap ends on me. 
<laughs> it was really oh, annoying. Good gravy. <laughs> yeah. How yeah. <laughs> old like, was what? this kayak? Uh, Did it have the thirty years old? The rubber dam around your waist, or was it? Just, no, it didn't have that, but it probably could have at one point. Maybe it had it, but it didn't have that. Because uh, there's different kinds, whether you want to go in rapids or if you're just out cruising. And yeah, I did some research. I found out it's basically it is it is a rapid one kind of kayak. Yeah, so it's made to be able to swap ins like that. Yeah, so I had to go and buy a little skeg to put on it, so it wouldn't do that. Yeah. A little shark fin thing, and that that fixed yeah. the problem. Yeah, a lot of them have working rudders too, like a cable and a pulley that you can oh, operate wow. from. Oh, neat. Yeah. With pedals and stuff. I thought about, I've got some kayaks up here because there's a lot of good places to go kayaking. Mm. And I thought about setting up my own rudder system, but with a servo and like a servo controller up there. <laughs> but yeah, obviously I have not pulled the trigger on that. That you just reminded me of something else. There was a guy here some years ago locally who built a big um, hovercraft. Okay. Like you get in it and drive it around. Yeah. And guess how we controlled a rudder? With servos. We had a servo and a little DX6 transmitter. Wow. <laughs> and a servo wasn't really all that big either. I was like, you sure you don't want to put at least a, a, a much bigger servo on this thing? You're driving around and you, you got this little servo running the rudder. I just thought it was funny that he just, he took, he just popped in a little standard size servo and a DX9 transmitter that he put like in the cockpit. So that as he sat in it, he could steer. <laughs> now I have seen RC rowboats before. That's something I always thought would be fun to do. Mm, yeah, yeah. I think I've seen one. Yeah. Did we have one show up? Maybe there was one at the expo in yeah, the water there. That's what it was. But I'm it was not sure where I've somewhere. seen it. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, that would be fun to do. Hmm. Uh, Add it to the infinite list of projects. Yeah, yeah. Never seems, never ends. And that's the way we like it. Arr. Well, Terry, speaking of water, didn't you working on something that was water-based? <laughs> a water-based airplane yeah water-based airplane yes yeah. um yes and no last time i talked about the twin puddle master that i want to get ready for the neat fair and i have not done anything to that other than look at it and imagine what it's going to be like that sounds like no and no huh you said yes and no sounds like no and no well i'm getting to the yes pipe down um but I, in the same breath, last time I talked that I actually have three Puddle Masters, the one that I worked on before and is ready to go, this twin, and then another one that's kind of a straight-out-of-the-box Puddle Master made for the motor on the pylon and only three channels. And the more I worked on this twin, the more I realized that I was probably not going to get to my third one anytime soon. And knowing that the Neat Fair is coming up and my buddy Mark does not have a water plane, I said, hey, if you want a plane, come get this one and you can get it fixed up. And so that's what he did. And of course, he got it fixed up in less than a week. This and, is not the uh, twin, the regular one? Right. Yeah, this is the regular one. Hmm. So, and it was basically an RF. It had been built and covered and yeah. it had, maybe it had a motor in it or didn't. I don't remember if I took out a motor, but all it needed was uh, servos installed and a power system put on it and uh some sort of method to attach the um, wingtip floats. And so he did that. And he put a, I don't even know what it was, but some sort of quad motor on there and a three cell 2200 and some servos. And we maidened it today. 
And I think it was the first time this plane has ever flown. I don't believe that it flew with the original owner. And do we have photos and video? Sort of. I mean, we had zero business flying any airplane today. The wind was very gusty and very high. And <laughs> the only reason we flew it is because we had already made the trip out there and you know, we were committed. But uh, it, we did a ROG takeoff and it slid off. Did just fine, and even with only three channels, it it handled fine. I did the maiden flight, and I brought it in a little bit rough. You know, the I don't know if you remember what a puddle master look like looks like, but the water rudder is the same as the aero rudder, but it just extends below the fuselage to dip into the water when it's floating. And so when it's on land, it it's kind of a tail skid, and I. Came at a, a little bit too much vertical speed and popped the the rudder and pulled loose the bottom hinges, so that was an easy field fix. And then Mark flew it after that, and he did a much better job. And that's it. We're happy with it, and we're looking forward to flying it on a calmer day so we can really feel it out. But it's a fun airplane. Cool beans. Yeah. Questions? Comments? Concerns? Any problems getting the CG right with modern gear? No, not at all. Because on the original design, the battery is kind of below the wing, just a little bit forward. So you've got this whole forward hatch where on the stock configuration, the servos go way up front. So you've got lots of room in there to put a battery. So even with the the 3-cell 2200, there's lots of room to move forward. And yeah. There's plenty of volume and plenty of space to move things around. I don't know if you mentioned before, what do you think in general just about their flying qualities? Oh, they're nice and docile. It's just a three-channel floater. Now, Hmm. mine was a little bit different because I put a little bit more power in it and added the ailerons. But again, it's a, a, I don't know, relaxing Sunday flyer off the water and it gets off the water easily and handles on the water well. So I'm expecting good things from my twin knocking on wood. And I think it's going to be considerably lighter even than my other one, just because I think it was built with lighter wood. And I'm starting to suspect that this twin was a scratch build rather than built from a kit because the shape of the vertical stabilizer is a little bit different. And again, I think the balsa that he used in it was considerably lighter so hmm. I expect I might save a couple ounces over the other one hmm. and have good power and differential thrust and all those things. So if you can't tell, I'm excited about it. I just got to find the time to wrap it up. All right. Yeah. Uh, what is DEET again? It is September 17th through 20th. So as we record this, uh, it starts in two weeks. All right. Yeah. And... I'm not sure everything I'm bringing yet. Lee, you'll be happy to know I'm trying to figure out how to take plywood overcast. I can answer that question really easily. The same way that Fitz and I brought planes to small. Rent a trailer? Rent a trailer. They're not expensive. Uh, They're not. They're not too expensive at all. I think we paid $45, something like that. Yeah, Maybe. We'll see. I'm going to do everything I can to fit it in my car first. I'll go get you a U-Haul gift card. Just <laughs> ease off, buddy. Are you going to be there for the whole weekend this time? No, no. Well, P 
people start arriving the Monday and Tuesday before, if not the weekend before. Uh, my plans right now are to arrive Thursday night and stay through you know, Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. And, um, and that's what I did last year. And it's still a whirlwind weekend at that pace. But, um, you know, I think that's the best I can do with family and work commitments. No, that's pretty good. And, uh, yeah, I heard from our buddy Joshua Orchard. Yeah. And he is planning to be there this year for the first time. Ah. So I will be uh, seeing him and also the usual suspects that uh, I'm sure I've talked about off and on. Thayer is uh, one of the people that will be there. And uh, I think I mentioned before we're going to have a big canopy out on the flight line. And I th- I'm expecting lots of fun times and also planning to attend the indoor events. Hopefully they'll have that. There's always cool stuff to see there. Um, truly world-class indoor modelers come to this tiny little middle school in the middle of mm. the mountains and, and show off their stuff. So I'm looking forward to that. Oh, yeah. I'll uh, be sure to take lots of pictures and video. I would tell you that I would do some live reports, but I have never had a signal when I was at the Neat Fair. And that's one of the charms of the Neat Fair. You are well, off the okay. grid. You don't have to do a live, at least record video and interview people and talk to people, and then you can edit it when you get home. I don't know about interviewing people. That's not really my jam, but I might. I get might. it. Get them while they're drunk. We can really get some good <laughs> stuff drunk. on our show. <laughs> you, we've heard about those late night toga parties and fire pit shows, whatever y'all do. <laughs> I, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> That's because you forgot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We're just going to put a run cam on you and say, all right, <laughs> hit, hit this button before you start drinking. <laughs> the first rule of neat is we don't talk about neat. We don't neat. talk about neat. <laughs> well, you're going to be at neat. Fitz and I are going to be at Bomber. Oh, that's right. Okay. Same so which weekend. event is that? This is the Big Bird B-17 flying at, Mon- at Monteville, Texas. Bomber Field. The big one. I think, I think Fitz, I don't know if you've seen the posts in Texas Warbird Thunder, but Randy Larson had put a post out asking folks who were bringing their B-17s to start a list. I think he had 12 B-17s the last time I checked. 12? Oh, my. Isn't that amazing? This is that, that many. Wow. Yeah. It's got to be a record. I think so. And that's what his goal was. His goal was to have the most number of B-17s in the air at the same time. Does I that include our foamies? Existed. Oh, I think it, I think it's any kind of B-17. So I would think it'd be foamies too. <laughs> no, the ones we have, the little flat plate. Oh. Oh. <laughs> the, uh... oh, my God. Fitz, I didn't even think about having that ready for next week. Wow. And you've got two weeks. Two weeks. Excuse me. Yeah. Oh, I might, I might try yeah, to get that done. That's rum builders. Go from scratch in yeah. that amount of time. Yeah, Matthew would, Matthew would appreciate that. Are you going to bring yours? Uh, I don't know. I hadn't thought about it until just now, actually. Well, look, see, we just did it on our show. We just decided <laughs> fans are going to demand that we bring those B seventeens. I'll get it done. I'll do it. All uh, I was going to plan to bring was my Corsair because that was pretty much the only thing that would fit in the scheme of things. <laughs> but yeah, I think I'll do that. I think I'll shove the B seventeen in there. When you and I could just do put a little show on. Yeah, sure. Yeah, fine formation. Yeah, I haven't flown Heck, mine I mean, in quite a while. Oh my god, Brandy would love it. I think Brandy would be laughing at us. Tr- yeah, <laughs> <laughs> those little foam wells. The kids will probably enjoy ours more, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I, I've got all the paint and everything. I went. Uh, I'm not sure if I told you, but I uh, went ahead and had paint mixed at uh, like Home Depot or something, and I was going to get my airbrush kit out and airbrush the whole thing. Oh really? Oh, mm-hmm. fancy. Cool. Well, thanks. That's, I'll do that. Okay. Sounds like a plan. So, yeah. 
Big, I know you answered event. this question, but tell me again, because my understanding is that a, there are two big events at Bomber Field every year, mm-hmm. a B-17 and a Warbird. And a Warbird. Which one is this? This is the B-17. Okay. So already any had the size goes. No. No, the B-17 is for large scale. It's only. for large scale. Yeah. Okay. 60 inches plus. Yeah. The Warbird okay. one is for any size. I uh, gotcha. Okay. And uh, also, the B-17 is technically a scale event, not necessarily a Warbird one. So you'll, you'll see civilians and uh, planes as well, but they all have to be giant scale or nearly giant scale. Well, the first time I flew during the B-17 event, I flew the Pawnee because it was yeah. it was right at the limit. And I had fun <laughs> flying it there. And I mentioned this before, but that, that was the year I was in line to fly with like five other pilots in front of me. That every, you know, I think they had five stations open at the same time because they weren't doing as crazy as we are today. Mm. But, you know, I waited a long time to get that one flight in. <laughs> and then I was taking pictures the rest of the time. Was that pre 2.4 gigahertz? No, no, that was spectrum. They just didn't like to have too many pilots flying at the same time. Now it's like, ah, we can do it. Speaking of trailer, I might have to bring a trailer because I've got a couple of new planes that I didn't have last year. All right. Are these things yeah. we've heard about? Yeah, I got the the Beaver. All right. Oh, that'd is, be good. Yeah, oh, my God, that'd be great. That's 90-inch. You might get uh, an award for that. I actually have a... Uh, oh, well, don't get my hopes up. I also have a uh, RV6 or RV4. It's technically quarter scale. Is that the one you were given? Yeah, that's the one I was given. Um, it's got an OS... 60, 70 in it, something like that. Okay. That's probably bring that. 80. 80. That I could bring that scale. And it's, uh, um, what else? And of course, I got the zero. You probably saw the pictures. I was working on my BV-141, trying to get that um, back oh, ready. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it had some hanger rash. It, I think the wing fell down or something like that off a rack, and I, so it got banged up. I remember when you brought it to Lubbock several years ago. It had some canopy damage then. That- yeah. Same stuff. Okay. No more. It's more. It's more. Oh. <laughs> it's gonna, the canopy is going to be a little rough looking, but oh well. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, it's that, a neat airplane. Way, it is a neat airplane. I like flying it. So, uh, so and then, and then the B seventeen now, and I don't think I have anything else. Yeah. So yeah, I'm gonna be. <laughs> don't think all that will fit in the car. And when will you guys be there? Uh, I haven't thought about it. Well, I, I have to mow our field on the 18th, and a lot of people show up you know, during the week. So what I may mm-hmm. do is just go after I mow, which is, I think, what I did last year, uh, to just take fi- photos and video and just do that the rest of Friday and then plan to be there all day Saturday. In fact, this is kind of cool. Ryan had so much fun at the Warbird event, Fitz. I mean, you saw him. And when they had the fl- you know the full-scale flybys, he just he went from, I'm, 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 this is kind of fun, to, oh, my God, this is so cool, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that he decided he didn't want to go on the, the next Boy Scout camp out. He would rather go to the B-17 fly-in. Oh, wow. So we're going to be spending all day on the 19th, I guess that's right. That's Saturday. We're going to spend, oh, yeah, the 19th. We'll be there all day. So you're welcome to come up here and spend the night and then get up early to head out there and get a parking spot because I bet it's going to be packed this year. Oh, yeah. Well, if there's no P-51 flyby, then he's going to be disappointed. No, but if there's some B-25s flying, he'll be happy. RC <laughs> B-25s, you mean? Oh, yeah. He, okay. he's gonna, yeah. He can, I was talking about a real P-51. Well, I'm sure he'd like that too, but if yeah. we if he has a, if we see a couple of big B-25s there, who knows? Daddy might just fork some money over if we see some kits for sale. Yeah, he uh, they set the bar too high last year with that. 
Clemson oh. flyby. <laughs> that, was, like, that is awesome. It's like buying your wife a Lexus on your first anniversary. I mean, where do you go from there? Oh, or your or your first date. <laughs> <laughs> Buy your date a Lexus on your first date. <laughs> Uh, hey, I actually may have that Friday off, so I may actually have extra time. Come, come help me mow. <laughs> My kids will be in school. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. Am I allowed to back in your club again? <laughs> oh, 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 he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> he did. He went there. Oh, that makes me sad. But we can talk about that later. Yeah, yeah anyhow. Yeah, yeah, enough with the inside jokes. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, just a little business that goes along with that. Uh, that same week is when we would normally record again. But I will be in the mountains and you guys will be playing with bombers. So maybe we'll have to figure something out. We just have a recording of elevator music. There you go. No, I think what we should do is follow up. Uh, will you be back Sunday, Terry? Uh, Sunday night. I'll probably be in no condition to. Well, maybe we can. Dump. Push ourselves to Monday night to record while it's fresh in our mind. Yeah, that sounds and a good try idea. Try to get get it all out of our system. If, if anything, just to do a show based on Neat and Bomber. Yeah. And then, and then, and then he did. The, was, uh, uh. Shut up, let me finish. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> oh, yeah? Okay. Well, let me tell you this. <laughs> Maybe that should be a live show. Oh, I like that. Uh, we haven't Monday, done one of those in a couple oh, weeks. We have not. YouTube show? Yeah, we've skipped two of those now. Yeah, that way we could show pictures and stuff, too. Uh, maybe, yeah. All right, so not necessarily Monday night, but sometime in the following week, we should do a live show where we do a show and tell with our vacation photos. That sounds <laughs> like a plan. There you go, folks. Live show after the events. Uh, show and tell-ish. Neat B-17. Yep. Sounds like a plan. Make it some speedo. All right, we'll do it. (laughs) Don't pretend I didn't hear that. (laughs) Uh, What else? Terry, did you have something else about planes that you wanted to talk about? I do. Top secret? Um, Yeah, I guess it is top secret until now. (laughs) (laughs) Loose lip sync ships. (laughs) I've somehow found myself on Facebook Marketplace again. And in doing so, I ran across another vintage Kyoso plane that I don't yet own. How are you always getting this stuff? If I go to Marketplace, it's either nothing or what I do want is, you know, on the other side of the country. Well, it's kind of, um, I, I got lucky the first time. So, in the second literally time. the and first the time, time I ever thought to use Facebook, I got on and that's when I saw three of them. At the same time, I'm like, oh, there must always be Kyoshi planes around here. But most of the time since then, it's dry. But that first success keeps me checking back every month or so. <laughs> Keep hope alive. So most recently, I was checking, and I don't know how I came across it because the Kyosho wasn't in any of the search data, but it was a bundle of RC stuff. And as I scrolled through the photos, I'm like, oh, there's a box for a Kyosho plane. And it is a Kyosho Valencia. Do you remember that one? That rings a bell. It sounds is that familiar. The long, is that the long wing? Yeah, it it's kind of a motor glider with a bubble yeah. canopy and a tea oh, tail. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah I think yeah, yeah. they made a glow yeah. version of it. And then they had this one that was uh, the, I don't remember if it was geared or the direct drive, but it was the electric powered. And I think it had their plastic skinned wing, the typical 80s Kyosho stuff. 
And uh, anyway, they had one, and it's not new in box. It looks like it's been built. I don't know if it's been flown, but it it's not in perfect condition by any means from what I can see. But they had that, and they were not willing to break up the, the bundle of stuff. And so that kind of did it for me because it wasn't even close to me. I was, you know, just kicking tires at that point. But then I realized that where this person is located, I have a friend from Embry-Riddle or that I went to Riddle with who lives 10 minutes away. So then the gears started turning. (laughs) (laughs) And so long story short, um, I ended up making the deal and my buddy went and picked up the stuff yesterday. And part of the deal with him picking it up was that he gets one of the planes so that he and his son can learn how to fly. And the plane that I have earmarked for them was one of the first generation Radians. So I think that'll work Mm. well for them. Yeah. And uh, there were, in addition to the Valencia, there were some other things in there. There is what appears to be an unopened classic Carl Goldberg kit. Which Um, one? I'm not going to say which kind yet. Oh, okay. And then there was also what appears to be sealed in box four-stroke engine. Oh, so I'm hoping that just between those two things, I can recoup my investment in it. And there's a, it looks like some damaged planes, uh, different types, and also a, a Pika Waco biplane that has been started but not completed. And then a couple boxes of just random stuff, chargers, radios, and you know, odds and ends, batteries. So... I'm pretty excited about it. The catch is it's a full day's drive away. It's at my buddy's house in his basement now. And we, before the COVID stuff, we were visiting like once a year. Either he and his family would come up here or I was going down there. Um, So I'm not quite sure how or when I'm going to get this stuff from him, but that's the plan. So I added one more plane to my vintage Kyosho collection that I may or may not get my hands on soon. (laughs) <laughs> but I'm still excited about it. Yeah, it's a good, good find. Yeah, I think. Good job. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll see. I may get the stuff actually in hand and be like, oh, oh, well. But <laughs> I had decided early on that for the amount I was willing to spend, that if it turned out to be a total flop, I was willing to take that risk. So I can't complain about it now. Yeah, Valencia is kind of neat. I wonder if, how well that would, you could thermal it or something. It should be interesting to fly. Yeah. Uh, I mean, again, if it flew on a brushed motor system and NICADs, yeah. it, it won't get any worse with a modern system. Well, the thing has huge wings. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't, yeah. I looked up the span before. I don't remember. Uh, I just found it, it 72 inch. Oh, okay. So it's a two meter plane. Yeah. It's big. Yeah. Oh, and that reminds me one of the planes in there. I don't know if it was a great planes. What did they have? The spirit. They had a couple. And did Habiko have one, those little boxier kind of version of that? But it looked like one of those early generation two meter ARFs motor glider. And that one appears to be in, in decent shape. And from what I could tell, it has a cobalt motor in it. Oh, really? Huh. Yeah. It's a little nostalgic. I don't know if I'll keep that in there, but those are always fun. I wonder if those hold their value. I'm guessing not. The cobalts? Yeah. Back in the day, they were. Yeah, they're pretty pricey. They well, there's probably yeah. a guy like you that types in cobalt on uh, Marketplace and Facebook, just buff- praying he'll find some sucker who's getting rid of one. <laughs> I hope so. 
Because <laughs> well, I mean, there's still, no practical use for them. I thought I saw one or two that still sold on like RC groups. Somebody posted fairly oh, recently. Maybe. Didn't so I give I'll you get. one recently? I do. I have a plan for it too. Okay, good. I, I knew yeah. I had one, and I you and I had talked about changing hands, but I couldn't remember if it made it yeah. to you. It made okay, it to me, good. and I actually have a, another a motor glider too that I was going to put it in. Oh well, there you go. So I remember uh, years ago, back what late eighties, early nineties, when I was working at a hobby store, and had a customer ordered one of those Cobalt uh, Astroflight, I think a forty, mm-hmm. and I had never seen one, and he just placed an order for one. And we came in, man, I was wooing all over. I was like, wow, look at this thing. This was, I had never seen like it. Yeah, gold uh, anodized, made in the USA. Yeah, it was fancy. And then I also saw the price. I was like, yow. <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, but the guy said, yeah, this is a big, powerful motor. And uh, I think around that time or shortly after, I actually went to an all-electric meet the first time. And mm-hmm. that's the first time I saw electric aircraft that could land and take off under their own power with wheels that had more than six cells. Wow. Yeah, a guy let me fly. It was... um uh, kind of like a buzzer bombshell like looking plane, mm-hmm. and it was big and it had like twelve cells in it or something like that. It was like just really amazing and uh, really easy to fly. He let me fly it around a little bit, which was real nice of him. And uh, I was just I saw some amazing stuff. And this was, you know, thirty years ago, right? So this was right. this was the the ancient times, the before times. Right. I remember I had a buzzer bombshell once too. Somebody gave me a kit that had been flown with glow power for a long time and they didn't want it anymore. So they gave it to me and this would have been turn of the century stuff right when the uh, geared endoplasma was a, a fancy setup. Oh yeah. 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 Oh, I, yeah. I used the endoplasma with Mech. the great plains gearbox yep. and I went to the 10 tooth pinion. This was speaking of Gary, Wright, This was the setup that he came up with for his E3D. Yep. Yep. And he kind of led that charge. And I set it up with a 1510 prop on six cells. But to get the CG where I needed it, I needed more than six cells. So I did uh, two six cell packs in parallel right up on the nose. And with that 15 inch prop, it had lots of thrust and it would just go. For quite a while too, I imagine with the. Yeah. Yeah. Good runtime. Yep. That was a fun airplane. So anyway, that was my buzzard bombshell. And ended up giving it to somebody when I moved, I think. Yeah. Neat. It's uh, interesting to think back to those old nostalgic days of, of, of primitive planes with vacuum tubes in them, but we like them just the same. <laughs> but I'll say it again. I didn't have any less fun using that stuff than I do now. No, no. It was like a one big adventure. Will this fly? It's, what's the right combo? Yeah, and I think a lot of ways it was more fun because, yeah, there was that element of mystery and yeah. a sense of achievement when you did it because success was never guaranteed. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So, yeah, I'm excited about my mystery hall of new planes. I know some of the stuff there, and I don't know if I mentioned this part about it, but in the ad, uh, the person, this was not an RC person, so I don't know if it was from an estate or inheritance or what, but they didn't know about it, and you know, it was hard for me to ask them questions about it. And the pictures in the ad didn't show everything, and it would show parts of something. So I I would say, (laughs) can you send me a picture of this, or can you put it all in one thing so at least I know how much stuff is in there? And they weren't very responsive about it. And so I finally I said, well, based on what I can see, I'll give you this much. And they took my first offer on it. So that was good. Hmm. Um, 
but yeah, there was always that mystery of like, what's really going to show up when, when all this comes together. So I knew some of the stuff, but uh, other parts of it are still a mystery. So, yeah. Well, when your friend goes to pick it up, tell him, don't go in the basement. <laughs> no, he's already made the exchange. Oh, is it? Okay. So, yeah, he's got it. And it's in his basement now. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> Are you making fun of me for going in a stranger's basement? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The last pickup. Last, but uh, it's for Kyosho. Facebook play. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the adult version of Anglerfish. <laughs> Dangle right. the Kyosho plane. Right. Go to the bright light. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, all right. That's uh, uh, you got to send us some pictures when you get that stuff. Yeah, I'm curious. I will. It may be months or more, uh-huh. but yeah, uh, I'm motivated now. All right, Lee, you got any thing we might have missed? Last notes. Yeah. Yeah. What's up? <laughs> Just <laughs> talk about all the cool finds Terry has. You don't even ask me what I'm working on. <laughs> well, what you working on? The three three seven. Still. <laughs> the new one. Still? The second. What do you mean still? <laughs> oh, God. You thought I was already flying by now? Yeah, I thought you had already uh, flown it again. <laughs> no. Well, I just. I have a question before you begin. Some <laughs> friend you are, Fitz. You don't know me. <laughs> What's up? That, how many Cessnas are in work in your shop? Well, the 150 flies. And that touches on another story, but uh, gosh, I don't know. I mean, I don't think I have a lot. Why Why would you think that? Well, I was listening to our previous episode, and you mentioned the 337, obviously, and you also talked about Austin's 310. Right? Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. And then I'm like, oh, he just built the 150 not that long ago. He loves the Kyosho Cardinals. So I, I think you have to say you're a Cessna guy. You could say the same thing about twins. Uh, yeah, I like, sure. I like yeah. twins. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't think of it that way. I think of it as a, a big collection. So yeah, whatever, that, whatever makes I, me smile. I'm not passing judgment. I'm just saying. Oh, you I mean, put, that would be. You put a sign over the workshop door, like Wichita South or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would be. You know what? That'd be an interesting question of between. I guess between the three of us, who has the most Kyosho models? Ooh, yeah. All right, we'll have to. Tally things up offline and see. It's between because you two, I, can, I don't think I have any. Because I can tell you right now, I have a Kyosho kit on my bench <laughs> right now that needs to be finished. Yeah, you've got a lot of them. So I, I think yeah. you'd win just on your Cardinals alone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. The five that I have. Uh, the 337, I finished printing all the parts. I finished the wing today. I started working on, uh, what was that? Oh, the tail. Um, and that didn't turn out as good as the first one. I'm a little sad that I've got a slight twist. I don't think it's going to affect the flying, but I was just hoping I would would have nailed it this time now that I've had practice with the first one. But the first one was like dead on. This one's just uh, got a little, it's a little off, but uh, it's all done. And I just have to finish installing the motors, the cowls, and do a little bit of electronics, and she'll be ready to go. All right. Run down the what's left list again. The motors. Okay. Push rods just to yeah. finish the links and the fuselage. Just the, I mean, I, I could do the painting, but I'll, I mean, I can do that later. What, but what just do you have to, to paint? I was going to paint the bottom of the fuselage red. Okay. Try to go with the red and white scheme. But it's all glued together. So structurally, it's 
it completely. everything's glued. Yeah, everything is glued. Everything's finished glued except for the two cowls that go on after you install the motors. But that's that's nothing. So last time we theorized, or at least I did, that maybe the battery or battery tray came loose to cause that the crash. That ain't coming loose. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? I had another guy mention on the forum that's on RC groups. He really thinks it was a stall. I mean, he was, I mean, the, his comment was just, oh, that's definitely a stall. That's a, mm. you know, with that negative G pushover and you lost airspeed and you don't have rudders, that's a stall. That's, I know that for a fact. I mean, he was, go read it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? I will say when I made my first comments and you can go up in the previous comments there, I stated several options of what it could be. I even put pilot error in there. I honestly don't think it's pilot error because I was having no problems flying that sucker and, and the other roles, but and it, and it could have been a stall. And being that it could have been, that's just something I have never experienced before. So that's a very interesting. I mean, gosh, I don't think I've ever had a plane act like that that I did not lose radio. You know, <laughs> where it just it decided to do its own thing because I had no signal. You know, I almost lost my Tiger Cat that one time at the uh, at Space City when it was coming down and I had nothing. I had my radio up in the air and I was like, I'm about to see foam all over this runway because I had nothing. And then she popped back up. But uh, this was, you know, wow. I mean, that, <laughs> I'm sad if that was a really like a, a weird stall because dang, that's just that's not a fun position to be in, especially if you're in a full scale version <laughs> that happened. But I'm not, I'm not worried about it. She was flying perfect before. I've just got to be careful in the future. And I'm looking forward to finishing this one. I think the, the new paint scheme is definitely better. Sure. <laughs> is the weight going to be the same? Oh, I'm sorry. What? Is it going to weigh the same as your first one? Um, you know, do we want to put bets on that? No. Know. Do you think it'll be lighter or heavier? I don't know. I assume <laughs> it would be the same or within a few grams. Yeah. Using the same equipment and the same filament. I, I had this game with my kids the other day about something else, and everybody came up with a different answer. So do you think it'll be heavier or the same or lighter? What's our tolerance here? 50 grams. All right. So two ounces either way, the same. Okay. What do Fitz, I weigh? Do you, fit right? Fitz, do you care? <laughs> I, don't I, think think it, I think the difference would be insignificant. Yeah. If anything, I, I'm kind of going towards the, it might be lighter. Okay. Well, that's just, the right direction to go. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and But interesting, this guy who just finished building one, he posted photos of his in an interesting brown and orange scheme. His was over 1,800 grams. And I was like, wow, did you print that with two walls? <laughs> you know, at 50% interest. Yeah. Because I was not near that. And he was only using a 3S2200. So I'm like, wow. I don't know where he's getting that weight from. But uh, no, I'm going back to the battery mount thing, though, I've, I epoxied that bad boy in place. And I actually decided to, instead of use a little screw to hold the, the lip down on the tray, I don't know if you saw the whole mechanism, but now I have a screw, <laughs> a little thumb, thumb screw that I tightened the the battery tray down so uh, it'll take a little longer to un you know put in and take out but i i won't have that as one of the issues of why the plane suddenly snap rolled on me <laughs> well let me ask you a question then because i don't normally think of as a of epoxy as a good plastic adhesive do you think it sticks pretty well to that stuff yeah oh okay. i <laughs> i just want you to know and i was like 
I, I, I said to myself before I did this, I'll just print another fuselage. But I put the battery in, I screwed it down, I shook the hell out of that thing. <laughs> I mean, I was like up over my head, bouncing it left and right. I mean, I gave it one, of a, one hell of a thrashing and it didn't budge. So I think it okay. passed that test. Yeah, there you go. It's got stress fractures all over it now. <laughs> Don't shake the baby. <laughs> <laughs> so, no. I, and, and, you know, I... Gosh, you know, Fitz saw it. Two of the servos were out of whack when it crashed. And I don't know. I mean, how many times have you had a crash where you've seen servos either scream like that or fail? I don't uh, know. It's, yeah, but it's not unusual. I've, I've whacked servos, stripped gears, and crashes before. I don't think you can compare previous experience with balsa or foam to a hmm. 3D printed plastic. Yeah. You don't know what sort of harmonics and transmission of forces is going on there good point good point i think but having that experience i feel better that i'm using digital metal gear so you did not rebuild the bad servos you swore no. in fact one of the the only servo that's working is in the airboat <laughs> <laughs> and this safe. this is even better the nose the front motor of the cessna 337 that went nose in yeah. is the motor on the airboat Ah. <laughs> so we're repurposing. <laughs> so. We'll never get above six inches off the ground again. What? The motor in the servo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I might throw it. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's what I've worked on, and that's taken up a lot of space in there, but I will have that done, hopefully, and then um, get back to work on... Austin's playing, but I'll tell you, now that school's starting next week, things are going to kind of change around here. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Uh, actually, yeah, going yeah. into school? Yes, my kids have signed up to go back to school. And that's every day? Yep. Good. And Terry, how are yes. you feeling? Your kid, is he gone? Uh, no. Um, so my Austin was originally uh, planning to start college. We were going to take him there uh, tomorrow, as a matter of fact. I was going to fly out with him and help move him into the dorms, but we received a message a couple of weeks ago that they were delaying move-in, but they were not delaying the start of the semester. And already, all the classes were going to be online. So basically, he was going to be doing online courses from the dorm. So even at that point, we we're debating whether it made sense for him to move out there. And uh, we decided that he would have more of the college experience by being in the dorm. And all that. So that was our plan. And then they started monkeying around with the move-in dates and they were being unsure about a final decision on it. And they offered uh, the option to defer either a semester or a year. And so he decided to take the deferment for a semester. So he's yeah. going to start in the spring and keep his fingers crossed that things are going to you know, settle down somewhat. So that's where we are. And then my younger kids start school here next week and they are on a let's see one of them is doing online only the other is doing hybrid where she's in school for two days a week and online the rest so you can ask me if i'm happy about it but i will refuse to answer (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's gonna be crazy but i had a talk with my kids and, and luckily they both agreed that it's going to take those families who are willing to give it a try to figure out what needs to be improved upon, what changes should be made. And they need to do a much better job of 
putting out questionnaires to the students versus the teachers and the parents, which has been the only method of, you know, trying to figure this out. The kids are the ones who have to make, you know, statements on whether something's working or not. And so I think both of my kids have good heads on their shoulders. They'd be more than happy to (laughs) voice their opinion. But no, I think they'd, they'd logically say this might work better. This might do better. This is not making any sense. That kind of thing. And try to make this work. And so, yeah, it's going to be tough. And I try to be sympathetic to all the the people who have to make those decisions because I tried to think, how would I do as a kid if I was forced to or given the option of doing everything from home? And I think I was overall a pretty decent student, but I think at home, I would have been a miserable failure. (laughs) Just, you know, I learned by seeing and touching and doing and like through a book or through a computer screen with limited hands-on activities and marginal oversight i uh, i just don't see me doing well yeah and knowing how much computer time my kids have now i think if i weren't paying attention and sitting over them the whole time they would be finding other things to do. So <laughs> we're all doing it for the kids. So I just, I think what you just said though is ex- absolutely right. We've got to find ways of trying to get back to normalcy while hopefully the real smart people are trying to find a cure or some way of keeping this from spreading. So, yeah. Well, here's a thought I had the other day that I hadn't planned to share with anyone, but since we're talking about it, I will. And I don't know if this seed was planted because I read something along these lines or if the idea just occurred to me. But I think the biggest uh, disappointment for me in all of this is that earlier than normal, kids are figuring out that the adults in this world don't know what the heck they're doing and are just making things up as they go along. And that's always been the case, but we're just putting it on display now for everybody to see. It wasn't as obvious. Yeah. yeah. So the, they're experiencing that disappointment much earlier than they should. They are always blindfolded, so to say. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, we're, we're pretty good at faking it until now, yeah. but nobody yeah. knows what the heck they're doing. Yeah. Well, and I have seen some weird temper tantrums by, you know, at city, no, I'm sorry, at, at school council meetings and stuff. And, you know, I'm not saying there's not an issue. I'm just saying I think we can find ways around it than just doing it online. <laughs> so crossing my fingers is works. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. Yep. Stay tuned. We'll have an update. <laughs> well, I'm sure a lot of people out there listening have their own experiences with you know, their their own jobs and kids and whatever. Well, I won't clubs. name I won't name names because I'll I'll protect him in a way. But we have a listener. We have someone we know pretty well that does homeschool. And I called him the other day and I said, I don't know how you do it. You know, as I said, I. I think it's just amazing to me that you and your wife are able to figure out how to do a schedule that, you know, you, you, you teach two or three days and, you know, she teaches the other days or whatever. You have a, an incredible schedule and, you know, I know how well their kids are doing. It's just amazing. And I think those people who choose to homeschool, uh, you know, congrats, kudos to you. I don't think I could do it. <laughs> I think I'd be, hey, let's go to the workshop and build planes. Let me let me teach you math. I have one wing. We add the other wing. <laughs> now, <laughs> oh, it's a trick question. It's now one wing. <laughs> so, 
yeah, I think it takes a certain type of person to excel at that. And I am willing to admit I am not that type of person. So, All right. Well, there you go. People. Yeah. <laughs> and there's that. <laughs> so, just, say, right. just say you agree, Fitz. <laughs> uh, yeah, I agree. Okay. <laughs> So how do we well, that's all I got. <laughs> uh, that's it, I think. I all right, reel else. it back in. All right, folks, I guess that's it for our show today. Uh, thanks for listening. Um, if you want to see a little bit more of us, uh, both Terry and I have videos posted on the AMA website. On their... Do you show your face in your video this time? Uh, or is it I... just voiceover? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, I think you see part of me. You see my legs at one point. Oh, okay. That's uh, good enough. I don't even remember. You hear my voice. Ah, you see enough of me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not very photogenic. But uh, uh, if you watch Terry's video and pay close attention, you will see that the AMA made a blooper. <laughs> <laughs> Should we tell them what it is or let them figure no, it out? No, no, let's see if they figure it out. I see think it's it pretty out. obvious. And especially if people are looking for an error, they'll find it. But yeah, yes. So uh, what was the plane again you were doing? I forgot the name of the plane. It's that uh, 1951 Flying Wing from Fly- Retro RC. That's why I forgot the name because it doesn't really have a name. The, the 1951 Flying Wing. Yeah. That's, yeah. It's like, that's like saying, yeah, I did a review on a 1987 car. uh well it's a neat plane and uh check them out also they posted my uh video for the old school model works uh javelin which lee graciously videotaped him and his son so it's all three of us are involved in those videos check them out upcoming issue of model image magazine will have the written articles and on that note we will see you next time Please visit our website at rcroundtable.com, where you can send us comments and suggestions or listen to our other great podcasts, where you will also find links to our iTunes and social media sites. Thanks for listening.